first thing I have to say to people is, you're not broken. The wellness industry loves you to believe that there's some deep issue that you are not aware of that needs to be fixed for you to be happy, but it's not true, right? Who we are, how we are, is learned, right? Have a cry, babe. Yeah. Let it out. You're allowed to cry. Crying. I don't know. I'll cry with you. Well, should we all just cry? Let's cry. cry. <laughs> Crying's the new lifting weight. No, yeah. it's true. Welcome to 8020. I'm Shanina Shaik and I'm here with Georgia Sinclair. We are filming at Spring Place in Los Angeles. And today, very excited about this episode. We have a hypnotherapist, mindset coach, Atara Valentine. Hello. Hello. Welcome to 8020. I know, I'm so excited for this. We've already recorded like four podcasts before we even started rolling. Literally, <laughs> we had so much to talk about before yeah. the cameras started rolling. Like, I rem I've actually known who you are way longer than you've known who I am. But I first came across you uh, back when you were with TBM. And I remember you did a podcast episode with your lovely husband. Mm -hmm. And I just remember hearing his story and your story together, just thinking, these two guys are so fucking awesome. Like they're the best humans. I'm so interested in their lives now. I'm yeah. so invested. Um, <laughs> and I followed you both on social media. I feel like that was like a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And then isn't it so, so funny the way the universe works that Shanina knows Gavin because he's this top, top, top mm -hmm. facialist, I guess, mm -hmm. celebrity facialist. Yeah. And she's like, oh my God, this guy Gavin, he does the best facials ever. And I'm like, I know who he is. I heard him on a podcast. He's amazing. And his husband's amazing too. And fast forward, and now we're here on the couch. And yeah, it's crazy. So excited. Yeah. And I was in, I started TBM during the pandemic and I mentioned it to Georgia and got her on board as well. And talking about manifesting and so many things, mindset. Yeah. And then it's like, and then you came to our event, which yeah. we're so grateful for. So, how did you come into this role of being a mindset coach? Yeah, so essentially my whole life, I was trying to figure out why I was being responded to the way that I was kind of by everybody. I never really felt safe and I always had such negative attention coming at me in my household, in school, extended family. And it made me feel like there was something wrong with me. And I've carried that belief my whole life. Mm. And I started obviously people pleasing, trying to be as helpful as possible. Like, let me try and be the best kid, the best student, the highest achiever. Let me do everybody's chores. And that works because it makes you feel like you have a sense of belonging, but it also reinforces that you constantly have to be putting something out there in order to belong, right? So this kind of gap between what I did or how I was versus who I was just got wider and wider and wider. And my dad was a musician, <clears throat> not a big musician, just like in our, our hometown. And he kind of put a guitar in my hand at a very young age. And so I had an outlet in music to express myself, but I didn't have any self-esteem. So I would just really become very insular and lock myself in my room and just try and do something with my feelings. And in the process of doing that, just down the road, I ended up getting a record deal and, 
you know, I thought all of my dreams were coming true. Mm. You know, I'd like big manager and signed with Atlantic Records and Sony is my publisher. And, you know, I'm backstage yeah. at Bjork's Madison Square Garden show because her producer is producing my record. And I was like, wow. I, I thought it was this magical thing. And, and in retrospect, it sounds like it was. Yeah. But I was so incredibly unhappy because I still didn't know who I was. I was a character. I was I had a major eating disorder at the time and was rewarded for that. Like, you know, I was shot by like Craig McDean and I opened up the editorial and like an interview magazine and mm. like the unhealthiest point of my life was the most celebrated. And awarded. Right? And awarded. So it yeah. kind of makes you be like, oh, like this is what I should do. This is yeah. what I should run with. And I just got really depressed and really lost and um was always kind of looking for answers. And, and that goes back to from the time I was really 12. Like I was the 12 year old who was like buying psychology today, trying to figure out what the fuck is going on, yeah. you know? Cause my fam, my household was so abusive, like physically, emotionally, I was bullied in school. And I didn't, didn't think I was gonna make it to this point, right? Like this is like a bonus life for me because mm. so much of my life, like I was almost at that point where I just, thought I couldn't make it. And in the process of figuring that out and going on my own like personal growth journey or self-understanding, I started doing everybody's work, like everyone you could imagine. But TBM really stuck with me at that time. And they very organically, we started talking back and forth because I was essentially teaching just on my own Instagram, right? I already yeah. had like a you know, handful of followers and I was sharing because that's what I like to do. And they were like, do you wanna come work for us? And I was like, no, at <laughs> first, because I yeah. thought like at that time, yeah. like I'm like, no, because I'm a musician and if yeah. I say yes to this, that means I'm telling the universe that I don't believe I can make it as, as a musician, I and, see. right? And I was so in my head and I took a step back and I was like, no, yes. Mm. Yes, like I know what I'm doing here. Yeah. Like I know I can help people. So that's how that kind of got started. And then in the process of working with them, just my whole life changed, honestly. Like I went from being the last coach who was hired to being booked out six months in advance. Wow. I ended up helping with their whole rebrand and designing their workshops and building just, I mean, just so much stuff and it became pretty prevalent in the brand. Mm. Um, but I realized what I wanted to do is help people on an even deeper level because even for me, it was never really about manifestation. Like I was trying to establish a healthy relationship with myself. So mm. even though I was a great manifester and I still am, I don't want people to put that at the forefront of their mind. Mm. I want them to put themselves there but in a healthy way, not in, not in the way we do where we're so self-critical, but in a way where like, we're genuinely trying to understand who we are as people and have a healthy relationship with ourselves. And mm. so that's what I started doing there. And it just kind of got to the point where it was like, well, I'm not even teaching manifestation in these sessions. So why am I still here? Mm, okay. Right? So, yeah. yeah. For those at home who don't know what TBM is, by the way, because <laughs> I, I just realized that we didn't explain that, to be magnetic, um, it's uh, a wonderful manifestation practice uh, founded by Lacey Phillips. If you're interested in manifestation, check that out. Um, but yeah, I remember I was one of the people that tried to get in with you as a coach in in that six months where you're you know 
you were heavily booked out and I couldn't. I ended up getting in with another wonderful coach there, Heather, and did a great session with her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I will say the only thing about the practice that that I have sort of found that is not negative, but just sort of slightly negative is that you get so, it's, it really is a great program. You get so invested in it that that can create perfectionism, or at least that has for me where I'm kind of like I have to do the practice because it's so good and it works so well and then if I don't do it, oh, I've fallen off and I feel bad. Mm. Um, so what you just said really resonated with me that you don't want the manifestation to be at the front of people's minds. You want to be, you want themselves to be at the front of people's minds. Yeah, because, and listen, I have nothing negative to say about them because I'm so grateful. It really yeah. changed my life working with them. Yeah. Um, and obviously, like the perfectionism, like that's human error. Yes. Right? And yep. and kind of what I notice just in people in general, whether it's a TBM manifestation practice, whether it's Joe Dispenza, whether it's people who do Mercy Pure, whatever it is, like people tend to overly and listen, I did it. I studied Kabbalah for 18 years, right? And people tend to overly subscribe because they're in a place of desperation and they found nothing's working for me and I don't know how to make things work. So when we overly subscribe to something, it's really easy to lose our identity, right? Mm -hmm. Which is probably the root issue to begin with for yes. most of us, right? Yeah. So it really reinforces, just like what I was saying, this idea that we're broken. Oh, and well, other people are doing this and I can't, so I'm, I have to do things more and I have to do this. And so we see people who have their you know, three hour bedtime ritual and their morning routine and they think they have to do the same thing every day and they have to drink their salt water and all of this stuff. I have stuff. to do this to be perfect. And if I don't yeah. do it, like if I don't manifest right, then it's not yeah. gonna happen. Or I'm never gonna be happy, yeah. right? And, yeah. and the moment one of these things get disrupted, I'm not stable, Yeah. right? So that's not a healthy dynamic. Just And that's the that's the issue with the wellness industry in general. Like I didn't come into this industry because I have this like big desire to be here. I did it to kind of disrupt it because I hate it, Yeah. right? Yeah. And that's the truth. And because I've fallen prey to so much of it where you know, I've worked with people and they're like, well, you had this really bad dream, so you have to pay $2,000 or this bad thing's gonna happen. And I was so scared because I was so suggestible. So for me, now it's about really teaching people how to have a relationship with themselves, to understand themselves, and to have an internal dialogue. And we, we use hypnosis, we use NLP, we use tapping, uh, mental and emotional release therapy. I really go deep with people, but the first thing they have to learn is really how their brain works, mm. how to process their emotions, how to separate thoughts and feelings, all of the stuff that we're not taught. Because if we're not taught those things, we're ignorant, Such right? Such a common denominator, processing emotions. Totally. And I might be a bit biased here. I feel like a <laughs> lot of men don't know how to process their emotions. Um, I think women are in tune to show a lot of emotion and showing the nurturing and caring mm -hmm. to show, you know, what they do. Mm -hmm. um, sensitive. Mm -hmm. But men are kind of like, yeah, strap up. Don't show your emotions. Mm -hmm. Don't cry. Yep. Yep. You're going to be seen like this. So yep. they taught to not process or how to process their emotions. 100%. And here you are, a male, but also yeah. like taught how, to, how do you, how do you begin to process your emotions? Yeah. Well, it's really interesting to say that because the reality is probably 85% of my clientele is women. Mm. Um, but I love when men come through. Yeah. Um, obviously, because we all have feelings and emotions, but yeah. it's just like, what you 
just said, right? Like women are taught this is your value to some degree, yeah. nurturing and this and that, right? Yeah. So you lead with that, but women aren't taught to be strong yeah. across the board, right? A lot of women have a lot of suppressed anger that I work with mm. because they're made to feel shameful about it, mm. right? So or it's crazy. So, or crazy. Yeah. But, but what makes people crazy, right? And this is this is what's interesting when you start dealing with and shadow come aspects see you, with people. I, this is yeah. a thing for me. <laughs> it is. I've noticed that. Like, uh, you know, not to throw you off. It's like yeah. I didn't realize I have suppressed anger. And too nice is also a pattern. I'm uh, like, yeah. I'm But it gets I heavily rewarded nice. yeah, when you're, listen, yeah. what you, you're an attractive woman. Thank you. Right? Yeah, thank you. So people are already going to be projecting all over you. Mm. Oh, she's a bitch. She's a this, she's a that. They're going to yeah. put their own insecurities. Oh, some people tell me that right? already. Yeah. <laughs> like, I thought you were a bitch. And then no. I found out you were nice. I'm like, okay. But of course they did, <laughs> right? Because that's how we are. Because when people have something that other people don't have, they want to find something wrong or assume the worst of people, mm. right? So then for you, a coping mechanism, what maybe whether you're aware of it or not, if, or if it's unconscious, is to be overly nice, mm -hmm. right? So that people don't have that perception. But what was then, I just telling you right before this? What do I do? I like I put myself out there to make others feel good 100%. and dim myself because mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm able to show up just or be myself totally. just to make others feel comfortable. Yeah, mm -hmm. you people please to make yeah. things comfortable. Yeah. I do it too. Yeah. 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 So then what happens, right? So then you aren't saying no when you need to. You're overstretching yourself. You're not boundaried enough mm. until enough stuff piles on mm -hmm. that you can't take it anymore. Yeah. And the pressure cooker goes off mm -hmm. and then the bigger reaction comes, yeah. right? And it's not always the other person who judges the bigger reaction. We judge it ourselves because we're like, oh, my God, see, this is why it's not safe for me to express myself because I hurt people's feelings or I can't control it. Mm. But the reality is there were 900 opportunities before that explosive moment mm. where we could have in a healthy way expressed a healthy boundary or healthy anger. But we suppress and we suppress and we suppress until it gets out of our hands. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm. and you so we were saying before your clients come in, women mm -hmm. work through the emotions and then the males, very few clients come in mm -hmm. and you work with how to process their emotions. And we yeah. go back to that and talk about that. Yeah, so it's really interesting because a lot of people will come in because I'm a hypnotherapist and they, they want me to like fix them, mm -hmm. literally. Like that's their, their language. And the first thing I have to say to people is you're not broken. The wellness industry loves you to believe that there's some deep issue that you are not aware of that needs to be fixed for you to be happy, but it's not true, right? Who we are, how we are, is learned. Some of the stuff you learned growing up served you when you were a child, and it's still working for you, and mm. you get to keep that. And some of the stuff you learned growing up served you as a child and now may be doing nothing or working against you but it is learned, right? So we're not in a healing journey. We're not, there's nothing open. We're not bleeding internally. We're just trying to change learned behaviors. And if we can understand that, it's such an empowering mindset because there's always something we can do, yes. right? But it takes, it takes a little time because we don't live in our bodies. Yeah. Where, oh, what about this? And after this next thing, right? Very few people exist here which is actually where everything happens and where everything changes, yeah. right? So what keeps us away from here? Emotions we don't want to feel 
because we don't know how to process them or because we learned it's bad when I behave this way. People don't like that, so let me push it down. This is what's good, so let me highlight that and do more of that. Mm -hmm. But that's not for you, that's for other people. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And everyone's so obsessed with their personality, like they think they really know who they are because they're aware of their personality. But even your personality has absolutely nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. Your personality was created as a means of of connection and survival. Mm. It's not yours. Mm. Right. It's reacting to the environment around you. So you understand how you connect and belong. Right. Mm -hmm. So in being able to move forward. The first thing I do in the first session with people is, and let me just say it here, right? I take the emotion out first and foremost, Mm -hmm. which might seem counterintuitive, but bear with me for a second. (laughs) (laughs) We were just talking about emotions. What do you mean? I got to take it out now. (laughs) Because the relationship people have with their emotions, most people is not a healthy one, right? And I think we can all agree on that. So... Even in therapy, a lot of people talk in circles. They have the same therapist for five years. Why? You can't do that in the UK. After two years, you have to legally have a different therapist. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Here, people are like, oh, we'll just take this pill and do this. And like, they're just numbing people and like Mm. not dealing with anything. Right. Mm. So for me, I'm not interested in my client's feelings in the first session. Right. I say to them, you are no different than an iPhone. You are a piece of hardware Mm -hmm. and you have an operating system. The difference between your operating system and the operating system on an iPhone is the operating system on an iPhone was created by the most brilliant minds in development Mm. and technology, Mm -hmm. right? We know Apple headhunts people from all around the world, right? And yet, what happens almost weekly? The new upgrade. <laughs> Software <laughs> update. Yeah. Right? Oh, yep. but, right? Uh, yeah. So these are geniuses. Yeah. And yet, week to week, it's like another software update. Performance uh, performance improvements and bug fixes. Right? Always. What do we do? Do we go, oh my God, I'm scared. I'm not gonna... No, we, we, we don't even read it. We just assume it's yeah. going to work better. We click update. We, click, yeah. we just do it. Yeah. Right? What do you mean? I read the fine print. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Liar. Lies. <laughs> that is what she was doing what before book this. What did you read today? <laughs> <laughs> the contract of software update. I read that today. Yeah. <laughs> How was your day? Um, right. So we just accept it. Mm. But with us, we're so fearful because we don't even realize it's an operating system. We think it's who we are. Mm. And it is not. That voice is society, it's your mom, it's your dad, it's your religious beliefs, it's your familial beliefs, it's the your relationship to money based on the socioeconomic status of the town you grew up in. Mm. That is what's calling the shots. And if it's not working for you, and you keep seeing a reality around you you don't like, you're probably feeding it in a way that you're unaware of, mm-hmm. right? Mm. So that's the first thing I need people to understand because otherwise it's personal. Oh no, that's me and you're judging me. No, I'm not. You're judging you. Yeah. Right? And you're taking ownership of something that actually has nothing to do with you. Yeah. But it's easier to be like, oh, my mom's this and my dad's this and still projecting it on them. Right? A blame. And we see this a lot with people. I'm I'm done with uh I'm done with Karen. <laughs> not that I meant to use that word, because <laughs> we know. Poor Finish, think Karen. a better name. Right. Oh Karen. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm better with Sharice. I'm done with Sharice, they say, right? And yeah. I'm like, who's Sharice? They're like, my mom. And I'm like, okay, why? Well, she's this and she's just mental and she rips me apart. And and then I start talking to her and I'm like, your mom's not here right now, but 
you're doing all of that to yourself, mm. right? So even with the distance, it's not making the relationship change. You're still doing it because that's how you were taught to see yourself. That's how you were taught to see the world. That's mm -hmm. what we have to work on, right? So we separate thoughts and emotions and we do an exercise where we sit in total silence. Okay. Everybody hates it. Sitting and, in silence. Yep, yeah, and we just sit with each other. Mm. And I do a timer for a period of time that I do not share because otherwise I found everyone has all these tricks to get through it, Okay. right? Or they like stare at their knee like this. And I'm like, no, I want you to stay here with me. Mm -hmm. And I want you to look me in my face. Mm -hmm. You can blink and look around. And people get so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? I've done this exercise. It's yeah. kind of, it's, yeah, it's weird and freaky. And I just ask them, I want you to just flag the thoughts that are coming up. Mm. Anxious thought, judgmental thought, silly thought. And what's interesting is everyone goes through this wave. First wave tends to be this is stupid or I feel awkward or, oh my God, am I, then, then it goes into, am I doing this right? Is he judging me? What does he think about me? He looks relaxed. Do I look relaxed? Oh my God, right? A lot mm -hmm. of self-criticism. Mm -hmm. And if we sit through that long enough and you're not reacting, eventually the brain goes, oh, okay, this isn't helpful. And they, they end up in this very peaceful place by the end. Mm. And we finish and every single client, I go, how was that for you? And they go, interesting mm. <laughs> i'm like what was interesting and all of a sudden they become aware that there's this dialogue happening all the time that they didn't even realize is motivating every single thing they do right yeah. and then we do a practice where they essentially just sit with their feeling i guide them through so it stays very safe and i'm like you're just feeling it you're just feeling where it manifests in your body physically you're not attaching a story to it you're not giving it meaning right your breath is your primary focus. You're just staying with it. And they'll do that for like 10 minutes and they come out and they're like, I feel incredible. What, mm. were you what were you sitting with? Anxiety. What do you normally do, right? And they normally put them together, the thought and the feeling. And then the feeling becomes bigger and the thought gets worse and the feeling becomes bigger. That's the issue. So if we can first and foremost learn how to separate those two things, mm -hmm. build emotional resilience, right? Yeah teach our nervous system, it's okay for me to sit with this, and it's also okay for me to not react to this. That's the first practice I give people, and then they come back and we start putting language to it and we start working on a deeper level, but if they can't do that, they can't be present. Mm. And we have nothing without presence, right? Presence allows choice. That's how change comes, not by doing what you think you know because it's what you always do. That's how you just constantly create the same thing. Yeah. I feel wow. like we are taught to live quite unconsciously, mm -hmm. you know? Like I feel like all of, well, at least a lot of the mindset coaches out there teach, well, if you get your, if you get your routine right, your life will be right, you know? Like if yeah. you get to bed by 9 p.m. every night and you get your eight hours sleep and then you get up in the morning and you, you know, you do your red light therapy, your meditation, get some sunlight in your eyes, you know, mm -hmm. eat your breakfast, hit the gym, drink, you know, a liter of water before this mm -hmm. time, like the rest of your day will be right. Yeah. That doesn't mean you're going to feel right. No. That doesn't mean you're not going to no. have intrusive thoughts. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that no. you're not going to run on the same software that no. you've run on your entire life that mm -hmm. keeps you small and yeah. holds you back. Mm. Yeah. Well, this is the other, this is the new like wellness 2.0 that we're seeing everywhere. Let me show you how to be the most productive you could possibly be. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's like, no, no, that is not what this is for. And we see that's why corporate wellness is, is growing so much, but it's like they're trying to insert wellness 
to work people harder. Mm, wow. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. So because what is everything that you just said? That is work. That yeah. is work. Right. I feel I'm like tired of it. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. I, I don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just tired of listening. Like, yeah. Versus most people and most people want to do that and have that productivity because they don't want to feel something. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. Avoid right? of the yeah. emotions. 100 percent. Because, oh, well, I can't I have all this stuff to do until the, we were talking about this, I think, before until they have this amazing routine that's so life-changing that they share with all of their friends and then one day they can't do one aspect of it and they completely fall apart yeah. because it's another avoidance tactic just because you're using healthy tools to avoid things that doesn't mean it's not avoidance right mm -hmm. when in reality most people need to learn how to just sit with themselves and be quiet for a moment to put their phone down for a moment to feel what they're feeling to learn how to express themselves right like mm -hmm. that's that's what we're deficient in. We're not deficient in rigidity. We're no. not deficient in overworking ourselves. Yeah. Right? Like, why is this what's being promoted? That's the big issue that I have. And I really like just personally, and really what I try to teach to my clients is really doing things from a place of non-achievement. Because even when you're going for a walk, oh, I'm walking to this place. And you, your, your mind is getting to that place. Mm -hmm. But there's a whole life happening around you. There's nature happening around you. Are you feeling the sun on your skin? Are you even connected with the person who's sitting across from you? Or are you thinking about what you have to do after this? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And we overlook so much of our life. Like it's not important. Like there are these big, amazing things that are going to come in to define us. Mm -hmm. And it's all of the small things like this being present with people and talking like this is your life right now and yeah. nothing exists outside of this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if we could actually show up that way, could you imagine how much more fulfilling things would be? Absolutely. Right? Yeah, I feel I do. Wow. I need to come and see you too. I know. I don't <laughs> like, I need to, but I, what I yeah. love what you're saying is that people or what we like to learn is it's okay to have those negative feelings and sit with them mm -hmm. and deal with them. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. Mm -hmm. And it makes you who you are, but also just, it's a process. Like we, we are going to deal with these emotions throughout our whole life. It's going to happen. Yeah. And yeah, the process of like having the routine, if you get this routine down packed, it's like, I got to do this. I got to do that and do that. And then someone, you know, you're driving and then someone's like, beeps the horn and goes, fuck you. And then you just, Rah! like yeah. scream like it's gonna it's gonna come mm -hmm. it's gonna hit you because you're being avoidant mm -hmm. of those things totally. but when someone goes fuck you we're like oh sh well okay yeah yeah, yeah i yeah. i've got i feel like i live my life in such an unconscious way like to be honest because because of what we just talked about being taught to you know be in a routine and i'm i love my routine mm -hmm. you know i do have a really good routine i'm i'm pretty motivated and um yeah i'm very motivated mm -hmm. you know and i i just sort of but I do sort of feel like I don't ever really super enjoy something mm -hmm. or appreciate it or, you know, even just from eating my food, like it's mm -hmm. done so mindlessly, even this morning, like as we're getting ready, I just, I just stand there and eat and I know that's bad. Yeah. I'm not even registering what's going in. Totally. You know, like this delicious organic avocado or whatever it is, it's just like, oh yeah food sustenance, it's good fat, I know I need it, I know it'll help my brain Totally. move on to the next thing. Achievement, right? Okay. Even if it's eating an avocado, I know it's doing A, B, and C versus you're talking, you're not paying attention to eating it. Were you paying attention when you walked into the kitchen to get it? Were you paying attention when you cut it? Were you paying attention when you put it on a plate? Only enough right? not to cut like, my hand. Yeah, right. Like that. <laughs> yeah, honestly, you know what I mean? Yeah, but that's what I'm talking about, today, about, right? The whole time. Yeah, like are you cooking dinner? 
or are you thinking about eating and cooking dinner becomes an inconvenience in the moment, mm, right? Yeah. And that seems really minor, but we do it with everything. Oh, I want this promotion. So everything that I'm learning and doing and the school that I'm putting myself through and the education I'm giving myself becomes an inconvenience because I'm already behind because my mind is already on that final goal. Mm. What a horrible way to exist. Yeah. Right? Huh. <laughs> yeah. I'm so triggered right now. She's like, oh my gosh. This I'm is literally so my life. It's terrible. But you know what? That's why we started the podcast to learn. Yeah. So, you know, thank you for thank you for sharing already. And we're only I feel like we're only 15 minutes in or something. You've already shared so much incredible information. Um, I want to talk about emotions mm-hmm. because something that you speak about quite a lot on your Instagram is you cry a lot. I love it. Yeah, it's my I know favorite you love pastime. it. Really? Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, it's funny because I went into my training session the other day. And my trainer was like, "I cried last night." I was like, "Congratulations!" Yeah, <laughs> hobbies yeah. crying. Yeah. <laughs> and I tell, and because this is the thing, right? Like, I I also am a breathwork facilitator, so I like get myself to a state of crying constantly throughout the week. Yeah, and really? I, yeah, because the kind of breathwork I do, it's not the the very like yogic calming breathwork. Mm. You're literally putting your body into a state of fight flight right ah so is that healthy yes (laughs) because after all your cortisol levels and everything drop and you feel incredible okay but it's a really great way to unconsciously process any stress or anxiety that your body is holding on to right which is expressing those emotions out or expressing those feelings out yeah and it's a safe space and we i always set an intention before i go in but when i first when i was going through my training (laughs) my husband would come in and he'd be like because, I mean, I'm, I'm talking like shaking, crying, right? Like your body is sometimes shaking. You're not even in control of it. And he would like slam the door open and be like, oh, my God, are you okay? And I'm oh. like, get out. It took me 20 minutes to get here. <laughs> I'm <laughs> working on something here. <laughs> but, like, like, and, but for me, like that's so exciting because mm. I don't have to know why I'm crying all the time. And that's what I'm talking about with that idea of control, right? We try to control everything, but control means we know exactly what we're doing. So that means you're gonna keep creating the same thing. I love the loss of control, especially in a situation like that where it's emotions and they just get to be and express themselves because it's what needs to happen. I don't have to be like, oh, I'm crying because this happened. I don't know. I'm crying because my nervous system is overloaded with something. It could be emotional. It could be the fact that there are 9,000 fucking commercials telling me who I should be and what I should be buying constantly. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. We don't realize how much information we process and we need to unload that and not carry all of this stuff. And all of it is designed to make us feel bad so that we buy products. 100%. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. (laughs) I've been... Like I've had experiences where I felt like, and I need to be suppressed with crying. I, mean, I feel like I'm quite sensitive, but my friends will say this, well, like, well, you cry, well, you cry a lot. And then sometimes where it's like, I've been in situations like, you're too much or like, mm-hmm. I can't talk to you because you're crying. That, is that bad? Like someone saying, yeah, is, that, is that a problem? Is. Like, it's like, uh, I had a friend, um, really good friend who was in my band for years who passed away a couple years ago of cancer, very young, very surprisingly. And it was really interesting watching people grieve because, and and I'm not judging because everyone grieves in their own way, right? But there is something that I noticed and it made me so unhappy in the moment. Mm. There's a room full of people and everybody's giving their speech. And the first thing everybody says is, 
I'm going to read this because I'm going to try not to cry. Mm. Or they start reading and they go, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Apologize. This person just died. Mm -hmm. If there was ever a reason to cry, like Mm. this is it. Mm. You don't have to apologize. In fact, you sharing your vulnerability with someone is the most respectful, beautiful thing that you can do with somebody, right? Mm. But when people say the right person, obviously, because when people say this, even with like grief, they'll say they're in a better place. Mm-hmm. You know what? Like that doesn't make me feel better. Yeah. Right? What that tells me is that my feelings are making you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? When you know what I say when people are going through something? My husband who's dealing with his father literally dying as we speak right now. Mm. This is awful. I am so sorry that you're going through this at this time in your life. Mm-hmm. Wow. Which is And the I'll truth. cry with him. Yeah. I don't have to make it better. No. There's no making it better. This is what's happening. You're allowing him pro- to feel yeah. and process those yeah. emotions. Like, isn't that what we should be doing with each other? Sometimes life mm. sucks and that's okay. Yeah. I re- I'm realizing that too, like with my little boy, um, we're going through a stage of almost toddler, you know, the terrible twos mm-hmm. and where his reaction on things or his response is like hitting mm-hmm. or he's getting really upset. And of course yeah. he's a baby, he's trying to express himself, mm-hmm. but he also can't because, you know, he can only he have, get, the he doesn't have the, the yeah. words to express himself. No. He doesn't understand, he's not yeah. processing it. But I'm learning through my experience and process of what I learned is allowing him to feel those emotions and not saying, don't cry, yep. it's okay. Like even I don't want him to say it's okay. I want to be there for him. Totally. But like, you're feeling this. I can see that you're feeling mm-hmm. this. And it might sound crazy when people are like, oh, come on. But it's like, you're feeling this. You're feeling angry right now. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you sit with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, how are you feeling? Like, you want a hug? Like, that's how I talk to yep. my little one. And I'm learning this as yeah. well. Like, you're angry. That's not nice when you do that. I feel this way. Mm-hmm. Rather than be like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. That's don't inconvenient you know. for yeah. me right now. Yeah. You're making me feel out of control as a parent. You're making so everyone I feel uncomfortable. Yep. You're screaming. It's too much. Yep. Um, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm really finding the language with that. And I'm learning. And I think that's yeah. really important. And I've just Definitely. learned that because, of course, we like teach and we're like, don't do that. No, no, mm-hmm. no, no. And everyone's like, we got to find other ways to say no as well. Fully. And and what's important to remember as a parent and even like reparenting yourself is mm. there are some hard line yes or no's as a parent yes. for the safety of your child. Of course. Right? Yeah. You have to know when that mirror, boundary comes. You're going to yes. <laughs> hurt <Yeah>. yourself. <laughs> yes. And then there are other aspects that are collaborative. Right. But with feelings. Kids get frustrated because they want to express something and they don't yet either have the vocabulary, the tools, the resources to emotionally process, to even know what it is that they want. So they feel a state of frustration, right? Mm. Now, the most important thing you can do as a parent is to show them, I still love you when you're frustrated. Mm -hmm. I don't shame you. I don't reject you, right? Like we, we were raised like everybody's looking at you. Yeah. Everyone's looking yeah. at you. Right? You're like, I can't yourself. tell you how many times I heard that. I was, when I was in the, a little in the kid. airport, everyone's looking at you. Yeah. Like, get yeah. it together. It's, and I was like, this. So I'm like, oh my God, everybody. Right? And then I had like total you're an fear of being seen. Yeah. And people might be like, oh, that sounds oversimplified. That's how it happens, folks. Yeah. Right? It is that simple. Like, 
children need to be shown that they're still loved regardless. And if anything, what I teach when it comes to working with people is teaching them how to have that level of freedom with their emotions, right? What does a kid do like when they get frustrated, right? Even they get flooded, right? With adrenaline, cortisol, they, they start like, they yeah. start like shaking and doing things, right? Mm. We get mad and we try to like, why, this isn't okay. Why do we, we try to suppress ourselves, right? Mm. Like, just fucking tense your body like a child does. Shake, mm. right? Burn through some of the stuff that's running through your body right now. And then you can take a breath, shake it off and like move on, yeah. right? Animals do that also. Yeah. But we're like, I'm not allowed to do this. This looks stupid. It's like- My dogs did it this morning. So. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> My dog does it every time yeah. I try and love her. She hates being picked up, but like I just need a good cuddle sometimes. Yeah. And she immediately goes down and shakes herself off and walks off but like (laughs) right it's that we judge everything and like teach him how to be able to feel something right yeah show him that he's okay what about maybe i'll give you like a little (coughs) experiment or like just an idea um what about the person that is always angry and the reaction is always angry what why do you think that is i find i find that I cross that quite a bit sometimes with males mm-hmm. uh, just because it's like reactions like be strong mm-hmm. and angry and I can't show anything else. Why do you, what, what is that? And why is that? Yeah. So uh, many first factors. Of all, I, yeah. <laughs> first of all, I love this topic because we don't talk about it enough mm. and kind of what we talked about before you be sensitive and take care of people and be kind and loving the submissive and the you feminine be strong yeah. and you provide. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right? Period. Right? Yeah. yeah. Now, when people see what's going on in the world, it's at the hands of men. Power, right? Mm-hmm. What is the medical industry even? Power and profit, right? What is capitalism? Power and profit. When the Me Too movement happened, mm. everyone was so shocked at all of the stuff that was happening, right? But people accepted that for decades. Mm. That was okay. It was called the casting couch. It was called it was the casting normal. couch. That's we all knew it. Well, it was part of it. That's what you have to do. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. Right? Sickening mm. to think of and now. I've been yeah. in situations like that in my like industry where it's and maybe that's another thing we'll get off like mm. we'll speak first, but yeah, yeah, I've been in situations like you got you just got to deal with it because it's going to get you there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure many women did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, disgusting. Right? And so then now with this whole like white supremacy thing that's happening in this country, Mm. right? And everyone's so shocked by it. Mm. I'm not shocked by it at all Mm -hmm. from a behavioral perspective Mm -hmm. because we have a bunch of white men who've been told they're the most amazing thing on the face of the earth, regardless of what they've achieved, what they've done, Mm -hmm. but right, just based on being a white man, Mm. right? You're better than other people. Mm. And now there's equality. There are people pushing back, right? We had like Me Too, we had Black Lives Matter, we had like Stop Asian Hate, right? Now there's all trans rights stuff coming through. There's obviously gay rights, all this stuff is moving and they feel threatened. Yes. Why do they feel threatened? Power. Power, because the one thing that they were told is theirs. Mm-hmm. Mm. To them is being threatened. So. Right. And this is what the politicians are preying on right now, because people are afraid, which is how we end up with something like Donald Trump, who then takes and to get under. I'm going to circle back on the anger. Right. But to then see someone who's like, yes, 
You're feeling like this because that person is taking your jobs. You're feeling like this because that person is a threat to your children, mm. a drag queen. Mm. Right? Underneath that anger, there is intense disempowerment, sadness, mm -hmm. and loneliness because we raise men to have a pretty low level existence. Mm. That's the truth. I think that's changing. I see a lot of my friends who are in their 20s now, like, oh, how are you? And no, I care. You're my friend. I love, like, I'm like, whoa. Mm. Yeah. That's not the kind of guy. I'm 42. That's not the kind of like male friends I grew up with. It's like, oh, it's the weather, it's the sports, right? Yeah. So it is definitely changing. But we're all responsible for this. And that's what we have to remember in, our, in raising our kids, in speaking to each other. We can all grow, but we have to create a safe space for people to, allow to, be, to be allowed to be whole people. Right? And they say, oh, these are feminine aspects. These are masculine aspects. We even hear that in the wellness industry. Yeah. Why? Oh, I, hate that. Yes. Oh. I hate that. I'm trying to get my feminine. Why? Oh. It bothers me too. I'm like, can I so just be? Yeah. Can't you just be a whole person? Can't you be powerful yeah. and sensitive? Yeah. You can. Right? Can't you be strong and nurturing? Like, it doesn't this serve everybody? And guess what? Yeah. Women can have careers and still be feminine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I understand. I think what I'm trying, like, I understand that, I guess, when men are raised to be like, this is what you're going to be, provide and mm -hmm. have power. And when you're growing into this world, especially in this era, it's like, that's a threat now. Mm -hmm. This is a problem. Yeah. And that's causing a lot of anger. Mm -hmm. Well, and they, but, and what's happening now with like taking, you know, changing the textbooks, right? Like removing slavery from education in Florida. It's like, they don't even want people to know because they want people to stay ignorant so that they can tell them why they're feeling the way that they're feeling and so that they believe them. Oh, they, gosh. right? It's the truth. That's crazy. Right? And that's to kind of circle this back to everything that I do. Yeah. That is why we have to know ourselves. Mm. No one's coming to save you. No. Any of us. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Like, even if you have spiritual beliefs, you have all of the resources all around you. Yeah. What are you going to do with them? You can't blindly walk through life and expect things to change. There has to become a point where you have accountability, right? And if you don't like what you're seeing in the world and you think you can't make a difference, make a difference by being kind to people. Mm -hmm. Make a difference by smiling at someone. Make a di difference at extending yourself for someone who's in need. Mm -hmm. None of this is that complicated, right? Yeah. But that it, sometimes I don't feel like people have, and I shouldn't say people, but the process mm -hmm. to understand or how to do that. Because we're caught in the, the rat race, mm -hmm. right? I, productivity, working more, earning more, mm -hmm. and there's no time for us. Yes, yeah. Right? Yeah. And then when, when we even do, I've seen this so, so many times with clients, this is the kind of pattern I see people go into, and it's what I call reactive change. Like, I'm tired of feeling like this, so I have to do this. They're trying to move away from a feeling, right? Versus... What I really like people to do, first and foremost, is really work on self-awareness. Mm. Because if you don't have self-awareness, it does feel like things are always happening to you. Yes. And if things are always happening to you, you can't change them. Yeah. It's out of your hands, right? But a lot of times, because so many of my clients are raised super codependent or have people-pleasing tendencies, they'll kind of take that self-awareness and it turns to self-criticism really quickly, mm. right? But there's a purpose, but they're not aware of that, right? Because they 
have to feel guilt and shame in order to be motivating, mo- motivated, right? Because yeah. that's what people pleasing is. We're motivated by guilt and shame. Mm. So even when it comes to taking care of ourselves, we have to harness and cultivate enough guilt and shame about how we feel about ourselves to feel that we can then do something to change it, yep. right? But the problem is then we get that reactive change. We try and do a 180 and we say, I'm going to do this and this and I have this routine and A, B, and C, and we just go right into action, mm-hmm. right? Trying to actualize. Yeah. But your consciousness didn't change. Your programming didn't change. Your relationship to these things didn't change. Mm -hmm. Movement isn't always key. Right. Mm. What I really like people to do, and this is the way I work with people, is they usually come in with great self-awareness, sometimes too much. Oh, really? Right. What is too much self-awareness? Too much self-awareness is like, oh, I'm doing this and I'm noticing this and seeing that's why I never change because that's why I always fail because I always get in my way. Oh, wow. Right? They okay. become very critical. Mm. So the next piece for me is self-compassion because if we don't have self-compassion, we're still in the race against time. We're still judging everything and we're still being brutal, right? Mm. And if we're being brutal and living with that level of internal intensity, you can guarantee that you're operating from a stress response. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a stress response, you're in your amygdala, right? Yeah. Really base level survival skills. Yeah. You don't have your conscious mind, logic, reason, willpower, superior decision making, mm. which is what we need in order to change, right? So self-compassion is important. Then from there, we can go into self-acceptance, right? Okay. I accept that this is my life right now. And I also accept, even though I did my best, Mm. the decisions that I've made, whether conscious or unconscious, have led me to this moment, right? And this is my issue, some people aren't gonna like this, but it's the truth, with body positivity. Mm -hmm. I have clients all over the spectrum of disordered eating. Mm. And every single person I work with struggles with this because it's, it's bypassing. Right? They're like, I can't say that I love myself because I hate the way that I look. That doesn't matter if they're on the one end anorexia or they're on the other, the other end of being overweight. Mm. Right? Same thing. I hate how I look. I hate my body. Telling yourself you love it isn't going to change that. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But if we can get to the place of self-compassion and then acceptance, I accept this is my body. Mm-hmm. And that decisions I've made, even though I did my best, yeah. have created this body. Now we can get somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we move into self-understanding, right? Where did I learn that this is how it had to be? What is my relationship to food? What do I want it to be? What's the resistance, right? Because so many people come in and they'll say, I want to stop binge eating, or I want to stop you know, scrolling through my phone, or I want to stop you know, buying, shopping online, do hypnosis. And I'm like, right, but what you don't understand is this might be the only resource that your brain has to de-stress you. Mm. Mm. It's a safety mechanism. Safety mechanism. Doesn't know anything else new. We're not binge eating when we're conscious and aware, Yeah. right? We're doing Mm -hmm. it at the end of the day and we're overloaded and like overwhelmed, right? And we need to relax. We're not conscious saying, I'm going to go eat three tubs of ice cream, right? So we have to approach all of this with the understanding that any behavior, even if it seems negative, I don't care if it's drugs, alcohol, there's a positive benefit underneath it. Otherwise, your brain would not choose it for you. Yeah, you're right? choosing it for It learned for it a works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so self-understanding is taking the time to really get to know it. And then to know yourself, 
Then we make that plan through, right? What I call the decided self. We take inventory. What are the aspects that you've learned to highlight that aren't serving you that you're rewarded for? What are the ones that you learned to overlook that you could really use right now and would really change your life? Great, we're gonna use hypnosis. We're gonna start flipping the switch. We're gonna start integrating these other aspects, mm. make small changes, come back, see what's working, right? No failure, only feedback. And having the compassion for it. And have the compassion. That's how we actualize in a healthy way, mm -hmm. right? But I've been in a position where with work, um, if I don't achieve this, then I'm not good enough. I don't see mm -hmm. like, I'm not seen for who I am <clears throat> or I'm not great or worthy. And I'm like, I've been so many times, I was like, I have to be in this position to be seen to know that <clears throat> I'm the best or like, and I should be treated this way. Mm -hmm. And it's such a fear of mine. It's like, if I don't get there, then everything else is gonna crumble down. Mm -hmm. Like life, work, whatever it is. It's, yeah, it's a bad position to be in. And sometimes I'm like, I think I'm being tested. I, don't, I know you don't like that, but it's also like. Yeah, here's what I'll say about being tested. Yeah. <clears throat> The universe doesn't test anybody. Mm. The the fact uh, we have to stop personifying the universe like it's sitting there like mm, okay let me but see I love the, the universe. Let me see. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's exactly Shana how Shana wants to be successful. Yeah. Let me see if she can pass this one. Nope, yeah. nope, you're gonna fail. Right? It's like that's not everything's around us already. The only thing that tests us is our belief system. Mm -hmm. That's what we have to remember in these moments, right? So, and if you're comfortable, if I don't do this and I don't stay at the top, right? Yeah. Well, what if that didn't happen? What would that mean? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> we're here now. I, well, what I worked for, I'm like, maybe I'm not going to get the house that I like, how I'm mm. going to and take. And if you didn't get the house that you liked, just one, if you didn't get the house that you liked, what would that mean? Um, for me, it's more so about family. Like I want to get the house. So I have a big house so I can, Zai can have a backyard to run in and, you mm. know, space for whatever it need, what I need to thrive for my work like mm -hmm. closets and content creation and just like that but also it is a dream of, and goal of mine to have a beautiful home like i want that spanish mediterranean yeah, place me too, but, but <laughs> then it's attached to i guess i'm not really big with worth i'm like sometimes i don't mm -hmm. need to show off to mm -hmm. show my like worth but that's just my like, my dreams and goals but then i think what you're saying is like i feel like i haven't made it if you I don't get made that, it, yeah. right? And what would that mean if you hadn't made it? Then I'm a failure. That you're a failure. Yeah. There you go, right? So like, and that's a really easy way to get to a core belief. Yeah. Right? Mm. Because if there's an, does that make sense? Yeah. Because that's actually what's motivating you. That's mm. what I'm talking about. The difference between proactive change and reactive change. Proactive change would be like, I want to do this because I want to create a beautiful, rich life for myself. So I have a backyard for my child to this and I mm -hmm. have the space that I need yeah. to really just feel whatever it is. Yeah. Right. Versus I feel like a failure. So I have to say yes to all of this stuff, because if I say yes to all of this stuff, maybe that will lead me to this thing that I want. Mm. You see the difference? Yeah. Mm. Right. I need yeah. to do some work. But but and but listen, that's all of us. It's and it's, okay. we also have a negativity bias in our brain, so it's yeah. what we do. We also have fight, flight, freeze. We've learned over thousands and thousands of years that we need to know what to be afraid of, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But again, that's base level survival. We're conscious beings. We can choose different. And how much better would it feel to go into a job and be like, I'm going into this job today because I love what I do. Yes. And I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna put the best parts of myself in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then leave it at that period. Yes. Not, and then this is going to happen in this and then walk into the next job like that and the next job and the next job and show up with your child like that. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. 
that's living. That's living. Mm. I feel like I need to do a whole lot more living. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I want to be here and doing this podcast. So this is why it feels so good every mm-hmm. day. And it's a lot of work. And people yeah. are like, oh my God, it's so much work. But it's like, there's something so beneficial. It's like, and it makes sense. And I think Georgia and I were talking about this. It's like, you know, in life, how sometimes like we try to do something and it's just like not happening. But you're like, I'm going to get the money and I'm going to do this. But then something that you really want to do, it just goes, joop, joop, like, just mm-hmm. flows so easily. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> that is nice. But you're open for it. And that's like, yeah. when it goes back to that control thing again. When we say, this is what I want. This is what it has to look like. This is how it has to come through. Mm. We're blind to any other opportunity or potential because we're, we're only looking like this. And if we're looking in this really narrow scope, as soon as something gets in the way of the thing we're trying to receive, that's when we begin to feel like we're blocked. Mm-hmm. Right, because something's stopping us. Well, the but if we can actually, us. exactly. Yeah. But if we can open up the blinders, we can be like, "Oh, I can just go this way. Mm, yeah, or I can just do this. Like that's not a big deal. I just, you know, do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's that, but it's that sense of control because your your subconscious mind does not like anything that it doesn't know. Mm. Right. So anything that is unknown is fear, even if it's a good thing. Yeah. Right? I want to have a really loving relationship. Oh, well, we've never had that before. So these are all the reasons. Well, you're going to get hurt in this. You need to protect yourself. Right. All of this stuff. So we have to introduce what we want to the subconscious. That's why hypnosis is so powerful. We could use also mental rehearsal if you don't have the resources to hire a hypnotherapist. Close your eyes. You're in a state of hypnosis when you first wake up and before you go to sleep. Use that as the space. I I have two tools coming in the subscription model. One is called long-term neural GPS and one is called short-term neural GPS. So the long-term neural GPS is to really just see the ideal at some point random, unmarked, unnamed place in the future. Mm. Just so you can even let your brain understand that this is possible. Because when you're in hypnosis, there's no differentiation between fantasy and reality, right? We bypass the critical faculty. Then the short term is to really see yourself taking the step that you need to and letting that step become so known so that when you open your eyes in your conscious state, you're like, oh, I know exactly what to do, Mm -hmm. right? That's how we want to be able to move through all of this stuff. Not by being like, I'm going to control this and this and this because it makes us feel safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we're safe in the way that we know how to be safe. Yeah. We're not actually safe. No. No. We're just predictable. Right. Right. So I wanted to ask you, I noticed on your Instagram recently, you went through a physical transformation which was actually very inspiring to me. It was one of thank the reasons you. I got my ass back in the gym. Oh, thank you. That means yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask, what was your reasoning behind that? <clears throat> and what's been the process? Yeah, so <clears throat> like I shared earlier, I've been on every end of the spectrum with disordered eating. I was anorexic. I was bulimic. I was a binge eater for a long time. I was majorly, not in context of what's possible, but for, for my size, overweight, And I just would punish my body. Working out for me was like, oh, I did this last night. That was bad. So I have to go run 10 miles. Mm. I did this so I can't eat for three days. Right. And in the process of dealing with everything internally, I started. And actually, this is important because I used to always make physical changes Mm -hmm. thinking I would catch up. If I could change something physical, then I'll grow into it, right? Which is why I used to have like blue hair and purple hair and this and this and dress a certain way because 
I wanted to be seen, but I didn't feel comfortable being seen. So at least if I wore like a really nice outfit and someone complimented that, I was being seen in a way that felt just safe enough. I see. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. So for me, that's what my relationship to my body was. Oh, if I could do this, then I'll be attractive or then I'll be that, right? And I felt ugly my whole entire life. And honestly, it's only been like this past year and a half that I felt attractive, which is crazy. That right? is crazy. Yeah, and, and even though I was being like, shot by photographers and like just doing lots of stuff and got a lot of attention from my look in music, I just never felt good. Like I, I, I felt like I was ugly. I felt like I wasn't masculine, but like I wasn't feminine, but just, just very unhappy. And I would do all these things to change myself, thinking I would feel different on the inside, and I never did. And then when I went on this major emotional journey, just everything that I've done over these past few years, I just looked in the mirror one day last year, and I was like, why don't I look as good as I feel? Mm. It was the opposite, and I never experienced that before, mm. right? So I was like, okay, I have this sorted. I'm gonna hire a trainer hired my trainer four times a week, hit my macros every single day this past year, never missed a workout. Wow. And not because I even had a goal, I focused on, I'm gonna show up and I'm going to just see what my body can do mm -hmm. today, mm -hmm. right? Not judging if I did more or less, like I was just so present and plugged in and that's really how I try and live my life. And I ended up putting on like 20 pounds of muscle. My body is so different, I was very, thin in my arms, no chest, a lot of fat around my stomach, really skinny legs. And now I have like a nice kind of triangle shape and like pecs and shoulders. And yeah, yeah. It, like super it's strong. Yeah, it's shocking for mm. me to look at myself. Wow. Now, like I'm still getting used to it, right? Yeah. And then my hair was always really long and my hair was my thing because that was the one thing I knew I had nice hair, right? Mm. So again, like compliment my hair, not me. Mm. And then as my body started changing, I was, I was looking at myself and I was like, I don't, feel like I need this anymore. Yeah. Right? I'm like, I feel like I want my face out. Like, I just want to be myself. Yeah. Wow. And I throw all, like, my crazy clothes away and all the things, and I just, I mean, I guess I'm dressed like, <laughs> dressed like, like Justin Bieber or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Very now Justin Bieber. No. Yeah. Um, but I just decided, like, I don't want to hide anymore. So yeah. I asked my friend to come over and I was like, can you just cut my hair like really short? And she's like, and my hair was to here. Wow. She's like, Atari, you're gonna freak out. And I was like, Kristen, I don't freak out. Mm. I like do this for a living. Like if I say I wanna do something, like I've already spent six months emotionally preparing myself, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So she only cut it to here and then she left and I ordered scissors on Amazon and I started cutting, 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 cutting until it got to this length and then I was like, cool, I have no hair left. Now I'm gonna go to someone and have them shape it. And I feel so good. Wow. And yeah. But it, it was because of that, it was just like everything in my body, I want to learn how to take care of in the best way possible, right? Because this is my vehicle to move me through life. Mm -hmm. I don't wanna have to worry about eating the wrong things and having indigestion and that taking me out of the joy that's right in front of me. Like everything I do for myself, is for me to be able to be the most present version of myself as much as I possibly can. And I and it's a work in progress, but this level of presence that we have, which is honestly probably why you enjoy doing this so much because you just get to be right here. Yeah. Absolutely. Like this is what I want my life to feel like with my friends, with my food, if I'm laying on my sofa, like I want to feel all of it. 
Mm. Right? Oh, I love that. Yeah. Amazing. I want to I want to take that leaf and I want to work on myself so like I'm like this is the year. This is the year. Yeah. I was like all of this is just so yeah, like it's so inspiring in so many ways. And everyone's come in here, it's like weight training. So obviously that needs to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to, I'm like, if, if that's like my sign from the mm-hmm. universe. That's the universe, universe ding, telling ding, ding. you. Yeah. <laughs> my universe. Yeah. Um, I need to do weight training. Um, and going back about TVM and talking about manifesting, what is your way? Do you still manifest or like what is yeah, your I mean, like, ways I, around it? Yeah. And we'll see what happens with this. But so maybe I shouldn't even say it yet. But like, I don't think about it anymore. Yeah. I just am always looking at showing up mm-hmm. and staying connected to whatever is in front of me. And as a result, it's allowed me to show up so authentically, especially on my Instagram, which is how most people connect with me mm. and just share so honestly. And the and actually I'll tell you a couple of stories on this because one thing that happened that was so interesting is Audible randomly reached out to me. They slid into my DMs because someone had been following me and so much I, more interesting than my DMs. Yeah, and I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I pitched a project to them, and like, we'll see what happens. But like, obviously, that's incredible. That's right? amazing. But like, I don't think about it. I just know I'm here to share and to learn and to educate myself and educate other people, and mm. that's what I focus on doing. Right. And in the process of doing that, because I had a lot of trauma as a child, physical abuse, emotional abuse, and I hadn't spoken to my stepmom um, in years. And I, it probably in the past like 15 years, I only saw her like two or three times. And we had a very complicated relationship. Mm-hmm. And I posted this post around Thanksgiving. So I was processing a lot of things and I was just very open and I just, I felt it was important. I normally teach more on my Instagram, but it was a very personal realization and all the sadness came up and kind of loss and digesting kind of loss aspects of myself. Like even though it was good, there's still a grieving process and change, mm. right? Mm. And, and there's also the joy and the beauty and like that's kind of what I was talking about. Like there's so much pain in the world right now. Mm. There's so many awful things happening, but there's also so much kindness if you look for it, right? Mm. And it's so important to remember that. And I, I was crying and I shared this post. And the next day, my stepmom, who I didn't even know followed me on Instagram, sent me a message wow. saying, I'm so proud of the person you've become. Mm. I want to apologize for the way that I treated you as a child. Oh and I would gosh. love to, um, no shit, I would love to ask, I'd like to ask for your forgiveness wow. for the way I treated you as a child. And we ended up having like a two hour phone conversation and it was just so beautiful. And so for me, it's never about the universe at all. Mm. Because like that's here, it's neutral. Everything exists already. Even scientists are just discovering things that already exist. Yeah. Right? And it's so important to remember that. So all we can really focus on, on is our relationship and our interaction with it. And I've just learned, and it's hard, the more vulnerable and honest I show up in my life, the more the world opens up for me. It's true. Right? And I'm not saying that it's always magic and unicorns, right? Mm. In vulnerability and honesty, you also find, ooh, I've been spending my time with people 
who really don't have my best interests at heart. Mm. And sometimes you have really hard decisions that you have to make and things that you have to move away from. But ultimately, it allows space for the right people to come in. Yeah. And yeah. in my 40s, I've made the most amazing friendships with I have like a, almost a completely new group of friend, mm. yeah. uh, of friends. And there's a quote that says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Hmm. And it's interesting because when I was in a more unhealthy space, and don't get me, I love all of my friends and I have friends back to third grade and stuff too. However, yeah. where most of my time is spent now is people who are all like kind of doing what I'm doing, even in different fields, like just trying to be here and enjoying and growing and experiencing life. And that's what we focus on. And we're building things and we're creating things. Mm. And I used to spend so much time with people who are like, everything sucks and you can only get a record deal if your parents are rich and you can only do this if this, and we're never going to be this and we're never going to be that. And I wasn't mm. right. Mm. And that's the truth, right? If you're hanging out with nine people who are negative and talking about how awful the world is, you're gonna be the 10th person. Yeah. If you're hanging out with nine people who are lifting weights every day and taking care of their physical fitness. Guess what? <laughs> Guess Shanina, yes. you're gonna be the 10th, right? Yeah. And it's the truth. And like, that's the choice that you have. It has nothing to do with the universe and everything to do with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you said it was so heavy. I was like, trying not to cry again, get teary. Try not to cry, but I wanted to feel it. Yeah, don't it. cry, Shanine. I know. You know. Have you even been listening to <laughs> no, me? I know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's something you have to work on. It's just also like, I did it, you know, I had like a, I had a moment and it was, you know, and I was being vulnerable and open. I was talking about something that I had a realization with about abandonment and mm. what I was attracting in my life. And I guess I figure it out that my avoidant was as a child, I was like, oh, this happened and okay, people don't work out. And that's, it's a great way to look at it in some mm -hmm. aspects because whatever it may be as a child, but it was like suppressed and avoided for so long. Mm -hmm. And then it kept popping up in my life where I was just attracting a partners and mm -hmm. I was trying to give love to get one. Cause it was like, I had like huge abandonment issues. And then I like had a, it just, I started crying yeah. and I felt like I dealt with it, but yeah. it just still pops up that I cry about it. But also, and not to get too heavy here, but yeah. in the process of giving and trying to prove your worth, yeah, the person who's abandoning you is actually you. Yeah. Right. And like, that's why it feels so heavy when it, you see the physical representation happen, mm -hmm. right? Because all of your energy is outside of you. You just handed it all to them. All of your purpose was just given to them. All of your meaning was just given to them. You didn't retain any for yourself. Yeah. Right? Mm. Have a cry, babe. Good. Let it out. You're allowed to cry. Crying's, I don't know. I'll cry with you. Well, should we all just cry? Let's cry. cry. <laughs> Crying's the new lifting weight. No, yeah. it's true. Like, I, it's a process because you, it's a healing process, mm -hmm. I guess. And I don't like to say the healing journey because it's like, yeah, you do, you abandon yourself. And mm -hmm. the person that I love the most and I'm dealing with that is mm -hmm. myself mm -hmm. where I haven't loved myself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's like, and I've been learning this thing. I was like, I want to take care of that inner child on myself mm -hmm. as well. So you're like, yeah, I'm. I've always been in myself. Yeah. You're and listen, she yourself. deserves to I'm be loved. Her. And yeah. so does this version of yourself. Yeah. Right. So congrats. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for, awesome. you know, congratulations. She's crying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you made her cry. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, you know, and it's a thing. It pops up a lot when I talk about abandonment. So it's like, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's interesting because my brother is, um, I went to Hoffman last year. My brother's off to Hoffman today. 
And he said exactly the same thing. Mm. So I'm excited for him. Yeah. Um, he's going to go through a lot because mm -hmm. he said exactly, and it's crazy, it's like word for word where he's like, I got this from mom. We had a lot of patterns, but I didn't realize, like I dealt with mom and dad breaking up and I was like, okay, yeah, it didn't happen. And he goes, Shanina, I realized like, I have like a lot of abandonment issues. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting, siblings, we're like, we're dealing the same thing. And I'm like, yeah. I'm so excited for him to like, mm -hmm. really have the compassion and understand, like mm -hmm. and forgive himself and go through that. And also through that process, interesting that your friend, um, your stepmom reached out and how I relate to that. When I came out, I told that story about my dad and I had forgiveness for him mm -hmm. um, and understood. And I didn't like hold burden to myself. And my dad said exactly, I didn't hear from my dad as well. The same thing mm -hmm. actually, very, very funny. Didn't hear from a while, got out of Hoffman and I get a text message from my dad. I haven't heard from him in, for a while. Mm -hmm. um, my dad's present, but I just don't hear from him in the yeah. communication. So the idea of me not hearing from my dad is like, I'm not worthy enough. He doesn't love mm -hmm. me. I don't know. He doesn't care. Yeah. And then abandonment comes up again. Mm -hmm. But my dad is there. I just have to reach out. <laughs> yeah. But he contacted me. And so I built the courage with love. I leaded with love mm -hmm. and being vulnerable and open. And I realized like, and he said, I just want to take that burden away from you. And mm. please forgive me because I had to do that. And I had to deal with things because I wasn't ready. And mm -hmm. it just was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going through a process where I'm like, I'm abandoning myself now. And mm -hmm. there's something where I'm like, wow, okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's good. And I'm okay with it. Brings me tears, but I'm okay with that. No, that's good though, because that's also processing and letting it out. Right. And I yeah. think like, that's what happens every time we cry. We're, we're letting something go from our nervous system that we're holding on to. Yeah. And there's, a, and people judge it, but how long has this been in there how long have you oh, been yeah. holding on so to this too many right years. i'm like, 33 mm. next month and that's what i'm saying right <laughs> and we have to be compassionate with ourselves yeah. though because for however many years like this has just been contained right so yeah. let it come out and all you can really choose in moving forward to not abandon yourself is to understand somewhere it was learned mm. that you had to do this to then kind of what we said when we started to belong yeah a b and c makes me important yeah right that's already abandoning ourselves because we believe we have no value unless we prove this thing outside of us, mm. which is why when that thing outside of us leaves, we feel alone, but we were alone the whole time. Yeah. Mm. Does that make sense? Makes yes. sense. Right? Mm. So <clears throat> what's important to remember is what happens off the back of that because a lot of people, like we said earlier, in the present moment, that story doesn't exist unless you bring it into it, mm -hmm. right? Which is when we're talking about triggers. And if, if someone told came up to me and said, you're a loser, I'd be like, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but if someone said that to You're me, beautiful. <laughs> if someone said that to me years ago, yeah, it would have really triggered me, and I'd be like, "How did they know in this?" And oh my god, and what if this never maybe happens? I maybe I am a loser. Maybe I am. Right? Yeah. How did they? I thought I was hiding it. Right. Mm. So going through experiences as a child makes you believe certain things about yourself, mm. which affects your state and how you show up. And so a lot of people that can look like with your father, for example, right? Mm -hmm. I want a relationship with my father. Mm -hmm. That's the event. Yeah. Right? Now that event's not going to change. We can try and numb ourselves to pretend mm. it's not there or yeah. ignore or like overly schedule ourselves to not have to look at it. But like that's what we want. Mm. But because of past programming, this is what our brain will tell us to protect us. Well, 
got to be careful because you're going to get hurt if he leaves again. And what if this happens? And what if that happens? So it wants you to close and protect yourself. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. That's not going to connect, though. Yes. And this is what I'm talking about with leading with vulnerability. So what do we actually need to happen over here to kind of match this event? We need to be open, mm -hmm. trusting, mm -hmm. not, not of him, of ourselves, trusting that you're doing what you need to do to try and have your needs met, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of making assumptions okay. and, and vulnerability, right? Because that's actually what connects and allows us to have a relationship. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and this is just FYI. I always tell my clients, this is the formula for a problem. Mm. An unresourceful state attached to an event. <laughs> right. Yeah. I want the promotion, but I'm afraid to be seen. I don't want people to judge me, so I'm not going to use my voice. Well, guess what? That's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. It seems so easy, but it's a practice. Yeah, it yeah. is practice. It is but practice. you practiced believing all of this stuff. And that's what is important to remember. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily you. You just got really good at it. Right, and now yeah. it's time to practice getting really good at something else. And my yeah. brain, and my brain thought like this is working for us, so we're yeah. just gonna stay in this loop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because familiarity is safety. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But you said you're in your forties. Forty-two. How? Yeah. When he said I'm in his forties, I was like, what? I don't know. I was like, we need to revisit that for a second. I mean, I understand. You're a biohacker, aren't you? Yeah. I'm not. No. I understand that your husband is, you know, the face lord. Yes. <laughs> Amongst being another lord, like he's an actual lord. Yeah, I get, I get very yeah. little attention on that front, though. Believe it or not, okay. yeah, all of his clients are gorgeous. always like, "Oh my god, do you just like get a facial?" I'm like, like once a year, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I'm oh, left to my own wow. devices. But yeah, wow. I mean, honestly, I stayed out of the sun. I'm Puerto Rican also, so like I think that helps in some way. Yeah. But mm. I stayed out of the sun until really like a year ago. Wow. So I yeah. never even like I had a tan like once in my life. Yeah. Um, and I just I really take care of myself. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you can it tell. Shows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sun yeah. is also sun is very damaging for your skin stay away mm -hmm. yeah. it is it's yeah. bad although like a tanning bed is my new thing like but just every once in a while oh yeah. okay you yeah. can have your little <laughs> your little 20 <laughs> yeah it's about balance exactly it's yeah. what this show's all about oh. um so what is next for you atara valentine yes yeah, so we'll see what happens with this the one thing i mentioned mm -hmm. um i'm launching my subscription model exciting um, that's going to be in like a month and it's launching with uh, essentially kind of about everything that we've been talking about, I wanted to create something that was really easy, low time commitment, but efficient, right? Yeah. Because so many of my clients, as I said, are women who have families, who work, who are really stretched, but they really want to be able to understand themselves yeah. and like continue growing as people individually. Yeah. So how it's designed is I'm launching with five portals and each portal has a monthly theme. And each monthly theme is broken up into a weekly theme. Okay. Okay. So let's say one of the portals is people pleasing. Mm. So week one is really every day you get a journal prompt, just one prompt that you answer on that's unique just to establish a relationship to what does that word even mean to you? Like mm. take, taking a little bit of inventory. Then week two, it will transition maybe into any shame around changing the behavior. Week three would be building a different sense of self, let's say, right? Mm. And then week four would be putting things into practice. So every day there's a unique journal prompt, but then every week there's also a hypnosis or a meditation to help you integrate on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. So it's launching with um, personal expansion, people pleasing, numbing and avoidance, presence, and something else that I can't think of. Right now. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, but it's good. There's a fifth. Yeah, there's a fifth. 
Amazing. Uh, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in too. I'm going in. And if people want private coaching from you, do you still do that? I do. Yeah. Awesome. I, um, you have two new clients. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I do. I know where you live. Yeah. <laughs> and part of the subscription model, I'm gonna there's I'm doing a base level because I want this to be affordable to everybody. Yeah. So uh, and a lot of people can't afford to do one on one with me. But um, as part of the subscription model, I'm going to do a live monthly group call. Amazing. So everyone will have access to me. And then um, there's going to be a higher tier where for uh, I think it's to be three hundred dollars a month or something. You get the group call, access to all of the tools, and a session with me included. That's great value. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm trying, because listen, like so many people, e even friends of mine, it's like $2,500 to work with me for a month. And this, and yeah. I, like, I don't, I'm not doing this just for rich people, right? Yeah. And yeah. if someone reaches out to me, like who really needs help, I offer them sliding scale. Like this, taking care of yourself shouldn't just be for privileged people yeah right I agree. and so for me that's really why i wanted to launch this because everybody deserves access to good tools yeah and, um and deserves to like know who they are in their lives absolutely yeah. oh that's really sweet amazing oh Thank wow i'm just i'm gonna need to sit outside i think with a cup of coffee and actually just process everything you just said yeah <laughs> let the wind <laughs> blow my face and just feel it yeah <laughs> yeah i feel like i've learned so much and and there's been a lot of self-awareness that's come out of this episode so thank you so much for you're sharing welcome. that with thank us you thank you so much for having me so I'm, happy I'm just yeah you're like, such a gem so and nice. if you don't follow atara already on social media do yourself a favor it's at atara valentine mm -hmm. yeah Amazing. Thank you Thank so much. Thank you, Tara. Thank you so much. Appreciate you.